Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On today's show, we're talking about short-term rentals again. The question of the legal treatment of short-term rentals has been contested in multiple communities around North America. Earlier this week, a legal challenge that had been underway for the past two years has finally come to a conclusion. The City of Toronto enacted new rules in December of 2017, and almost immediately, these rules faced a legal challenge from a consortium of hosts and short-term rental platforms. The long-fought battle between the City of Toronto and local Airbnb hosts over the new regulations is finally over after nearly two years of delay-fueled frustration. The government's local planning appeal tribunal announced earlier this week that it had ruled in favor of the City of Toronto effectively allowing the city to crack down on short-term rental landlords for the first time since approving the new bylaws in 2017. It's a major blow to people who have invested in properties for the sole purpose of putting them in the short-term rental market. There's no question that each dedicated short-term rental does displace one unit of permanent housing, and it's estimated that as many as 5,000 units in the city of Toronto could return to the long-term rental housing market, thanks to the city's new rules. And whether that happens remains to be seen. The definition of a short-term rental is any rental of 28 consecutive days or less. The new short-term rental rules, which include capping the number of days anyone can rent out a single property, were originally supposed to come in effect in summer of 2018. With the announcement of the tribunal's ruling, Airbnb hosts must officially kiss goodbye to the appeal that they've been using to skirt Toronto's new stricter regulations. The mayor of Toronto welcomed the ruling and said, this is good news for Toronto residents and a step in the right direction when it comes to regulating short-term rentals and keeping neighborhoods livable. One of the ways the city is restricting short-term rentals is by requiring anyone who puts a property on a short-term rental platform like Airbnb is to be the principal resident of that space. That means a person needs to live in the Airbnb property either as an owner or a tenant. And it's now required that that person also register with the city with an annual fee of $50. The rules also restrict the number of days a resident could rent out their space on a short-term basis to 180 nights per year or less. People are still allowed to rent out up to three rooms within their house year-round, but they must pay a 4% tax on all rentals of less than 28 days. So what's going to happen? In my view, there's four possible outcomes for any given property. Number one, property prices in Toronto have risen dramatically in recent years. Some owners will simply choose to sell their properties in the open market take advantage of a capital gain, rather than experience the negative cash flow from renting at lower prices in the long-term rental market. For those properties, it will return some inventory to the long-term housing supply. Number two, some will convert their properties from short-term rentals to long-term rentals. They will experience lower income, and the city will also achieve its objective of returning more housing to the long-term housing supply. Number three, some may choose to continue to operate, but outside the rules, hoping they don't get caught. We've seen some of this kind of activity taking place in New York and other cities where short-term rentals have been regulated. It's hard to say how much of that's going to go on. And number four, I think there's a market nuance that many have completely overlooked. There are a number of clients of the so-called short-term rental platforms that actually rent on a medium-term basis. We're talking stays of one month, three months, six months. There's all kinds of reasons for these rentals. Sometimes it's dealing with a repair situation where someone needs to vacate their house in an emergency. Maybe it's fire damage or water damage. Some people have purchased a new home and their builder's running late and they need a place to stay for a few months while they're waiting for their place to be ready. Many are corporate contracts. In fact, the net income for a medium-term rental 
like a corporate contract, is not that much different when compared with a short-term rental in my opinion. While the nightly rate might be a bit lower than a short-term rental, the management costs and the maintenance costs for medium-term rentals are also much lower. So net of all expenses, I think you do almost as well in the medium-term market as you do in the short-term market. And for these clients, a 12-month unfurnished lease is of no use to them. A medium-term stay in a hotel is too expensive for most people who have a corporate housing allowance. Furnished medium-term rentals are certainly priced at a premium compared with unfurnished accommodations. And if I was an owner of a short-term rental, I'd certainly be looking hard at the corporate medium-term rental market as a viable alternative to the short-term rental market. I spoke with a representative from Airbnb last week, and she told me that approximately 20% of their traffic are for stays of more than 28 days. That's a substantial proportion of their existing business, a proportion that I predict is going to grow substantially. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.